0: let me open in a word of prayer father god let us come to you this morning humble humble with the awareness of who we are and that we are sinners god help us to break through the pride and the arrogance that we live with day in day out and come before you broken and humble and ready to listen ready to learn We love you and thank you so much for your care and guidance. And this morning we ask that you would teach us much, not just for the moment, but for the rest of our lives, that we may take your word with us deeply in our hearts and live it out in our lives. In Jesus Christ, amen. Well, one of the biggest things that people ask me is, well, especially my doctor. I always love it. You go to doctors and go, well, what about your family history? And I go, oh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Why? Well, I have two birth certificates. My first birth certificate says that father and mother are Niall and Irene Nordstrom. And the little boy's name is Baby Boy Nordstrom. That's my first birth certificate. Doesn't say much of what I am or who I am, but it does give some lineage. And then my second birth certificate. Father and mother are James Andrew White and Betty Elizabeth White. Now the child has a last name of White. Why? What happened? I was adopted. I'm not a Nordstrom. And jokingly, I don't think I'm on the rich side of the Nordstrom's. I, someone said you're probably the black sheep side, and I went, no inheritance there, believe it or not. Because why? I'm white, I'm not Nordstrom. I don't have an inheritance in that. I have a new family. So being adopted comes up with a definition. Boyce gives a definition, it says adoption is taking a person from one family, Nordstrom, or no family, and placing him or her in a new family. For us, it's the family of God. How does this happened that we could even be accepted into God's family? I mean, how in the world did that come about? Was it something about us that we were chosen to be called a child of God. My parents didn't go through a grocery list and go through a catalog and find this little boy and go, I, that one looks cute. <laughs> I'm sight unseen. They had no clue. I was born in California. They were in Arizona. I was born not to survive and live, but they waited until I knew that I was available to be picked up. But what did they pick up? Did he have ten hands, ten fingers, ten hands, ten, (laughs) whoa, good kid. Yeah, we'll take that one. He's going to be great handiwork. Ten fingers, ten toes, yep. Interesting, my uncle wrote about my health condition back to my parents. I got to read those. That was kind of interesting. He was fighting so strong, those little lungs and everything. It was like, but see, they didn't know what they were getting. A boy didn't know anything else. So they didn't choose me because of anything. And has someone done something to secure our adoption, like an adoption agency? No. Actually, I wasn't through an adoption agency, it was just a matter of word of mouth. It is all of what Christ did on the cross. The death of God's Son brought about our justification. So why did we need to be justified? What's the word? It's sin. Romans 3.10, it's pretty clear. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short. Of the glory of God. We miss the mark. It's the man pulling back his bow to shoot the arrow to a target, to a bullseye, and he doesn't get even to the target. Misses the mark. Romans 2.5, But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourselves in the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteousness, just judgment of God. We're unholy, He is holy. We are unrighteous, He is righteous. We are opposites apart, but yet we're adopted into God's family. So, how are we then set right before God to be called sons and daughters? Go to Romans 323. Probably a section of scripture you probably have memorized a hundred times. But let's look at it in light of the fact that we were adopted and how that went about. Very clear in twenty three, it starts this for all of sin and falls short of the glory of God. Being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in His blood through faith. This was to demonstrate His righteousness, not us. Because in the forbearance of God, He passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration, and I say, of His righteousness at the present time, so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. At our salvation, we have the regeneration of a new life, a new family. Our adoption papers at that point are complete. We have turned away from the life and the family who the father is, Satan, we now have the Father who is God. Something if you ever think about in your own energy and power and might, that wouldn't have happened. There's nothing about you that lures God to look at you and go, "I like that one. That one's cute. We're not cute. We're ugly and stained with sin." First Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, again, not us, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Because of Christ, we have been adopted into God's family. I don't know, I kind of joke with people and throw them off, plus it gives me an opportunity to witness. I look at somebody who... I would like to witness to her. Just maybe start an interesting conversation. I said, yeah, it was kind of interesting at my birth and everything. And all of my life, I was chosen twice. And they kind of go, what's that? Well, I was chosen by my parents and adopted. And I was chosen by God and adopted. That's deep. That's rich. That's intense. Romans 8, 14, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, those are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption, as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. How many times did it say that we are children of God? I hate to break it to you, but those of us in this room who know Christ and name Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're family. We're deep family. And we need to take care of one another. Boyce also stated one time, he says, the new relationship to God need not have been automatic. And that was like, whoa, whoa, huh? Think about this point. Having justified us, God could still have left us on a much inferior level of status and privilege. Instead, he took us into his own family, giving us the status and privileges of daughters and sons. Do you ever think of that deep point? What could he have done? Not created us as children of God? Could he have just saved us and then nothing deep? That's an intense thought. The Spirit of God confirms our adoption. We are delivered from the bondage of the law. We have assurance of our new relationship to God and we've become. God's heirs with Christ. I can't think of anything else. So let's look at some points that actually give some substance to this reality. First point is biblical evidence of our adoption. Now This is, I think, overwhelming. Now, if it's not like you've got one verse and you go, wow, we've got the whole theology based. No, no, no. God is continually helping us to understand that we're a new family. John 12 But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God even to those who believe in his name. We're children of God. We're family. For those who are not God's are children of wrath. That's the hard part. That's the opposite side of the picture. Ephesians 2.3 Among them we too all formally lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. You're either a child of God or a child of wrath. You're either under his condemnation or his heritage. We are heirs. Adoption of the Old Covenant was not fully realized, as Paul explained in Galatians 3.23-26. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law had become our tutor to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Again, adopted. So where is truly the proof that we are sons of God? Go to Galatians 4, 4-7. through 7. But when the fullness of time God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law so that he may redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Because you are sons God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying Abba Father. The identity is deep inside of us. It's the changed life. We don't live like the old family. We live like the new family. I don't identify myself as a Nordstrom. I identify myself as a white. And I live that way. But the problem is, there are so many people who are really make-believers. And they still live like They're still in the family of Satan because that's where they are. So, as anybody here should spend some time in examining, going, what's the real proof text that you are a child of God? Do you desire to follow and obey your father, God, or Satan? What is your heart's desire? Is it for the Word? or is it for the world? Second point, we have new relationships, first with God, and then with others in the family of God, believers. Now, I'm going to camp on this a lot more next week, and our responsibility as family members. But we have to realize we're a family. I dare say in the back of my thinking, I dare say that The way sometimes we treat one another as believers, we would never treat our own family that way. Never. But we do. Why? Probably because we're not thinking in the front part of our thoughts that we are family. We have new privileges because of our adoption both here and many more in heaven. We have spiritual riches, Ephesians 1.18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. There is a reward for faithful service, Colossians 3.24. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance It is the Lord Jesus whom you serve. And the best part, it's eternal. See, the day that I die, I stop being a white here on earth. But then I take my full residence in heaven under God the Father. It's eternal. Hebrews 9.15. For this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance not a one-time shot. It's an inheritance. We live forever. The best part about it, it's imperishable. I remember when my parents died, the things that we got, are they perishable or imperishable? They're perishable. I can't even find half of it anymore. May have rotted, you know. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 3-4 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you. Now that gets you up in the morning, gets you excited. Now, I don't know, have any of you ever thought about the time where you, I'm probably divulging something here, and you're going, he is psychotic. You ever wake up in the morning and look at the ceiling and go, "Mm, I'm still here. Okay, back to work for God. But you know, you think about it too, that should be our attitude. It's not, "Mm, I'm here, i got to go to work. No. We go to work to serve the Lord. We wake up to serve the Lord. But if we wake up and we're home in heaven, that's great gain. That's home. That's where we're heading to. That's what gets a a believer excited. People get so dismal. It's like, well, I'm dying. For a believer, it's like, I'm getting closer to home, faster. I'm excited. I'm anticipating that. And prayer is also a privilege that we have in our adoption. We have an open relationship with the Father to talk. Now, most of the time, sin packs us so tight that we don't want to talk to Him. That's the worst plan. That's when we should talk to Him the most. You don't talk to Him when you're all cleaned up, you talk to Him because you're not clean. Romans 5, 1 and 2, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have, catch this, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exult in the hope of the glory of God. The reason we can go to God in prayer is because we're at peace. There's no enmity. There's no wrath. There's no... Bitterness, the fact that God loves us and desires to hear from us, we should be talking all the time. I kind of keep in the back of my head. I know we usually, the reason public, you know, we publicly pray and then we say amen at the end, right? What's that? That's the trigger so the rest of you can put your eyes up and we can continue on to the next point, right? What if someone ever, ever said amen? (laughs) We'd be a little lot going, is he still praying or is he teaching? But with God, we never put an amen on it, do we? We're never done talking to him. I don't ever say, you know, I'm talking to the Lord at work or something comes up or I'm just frustrated. I don't end it by amen and go on to something else. I'm still talking to him all day. Because why? I'm at peace with God. There's a relationship there. It's dad. It's dad. It's my father. I call him Abba. A child's intimate, close statement identifying it's their papa. So we can approach God as our father. Hebrews 4.16 Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and full grace strength to help in the time of need. You know, for the Jews, hearing this out of Hebrews and and hearing this truth and say we can draw near, that was the most crazy talk. I'm sorry. (laughs) I, I don't draw near to God. No, 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 no. He's in the Holy of Holies. He's separated. There's there's thick layers of material between me and I can't know. I can, there is no. But that's what Jesus did. He broke that barrier. I can be close to the Father. I can spend time with Him. I'm not fearful that He's going to smoke me. Even though I go with extremely dirty life he receives me he takes care of me Jesus gave the example of this relationship in prayer by showing the apostles true prayer remember Matthew 6 9 pray then in this way our father who is in heaven hallowed be your name we have a loving Father who cares for us always and in the little things in life also. Jesus described this in Matthew 6:25, then 31 through 33. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 31. Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? And What will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What do you seek? Stuff? Your need? Uh. You seek him, for he knows your need. We get it backwards, don't we? Something's going on, and the first thing we do is we start calculating, how am I going to figure this thing out? How am I going to do this? How am I going to get this thing arranged? Oh my gosh, there's so many things. I need these things. i got to maybe i got to tuck these up. Really? You're fretting over what? Where's the first place you go? Home to your father. He already knows your needs, so rely on him. Trust him. Third point, we have a new relationship with one another. Not only is our relationship new and fresh and clean with God, we have family members that we have a new relationship. Some of us can be a little obnoxious, can't we? Even in our own families, we can be obnoxious, but we don't push. We don't put away. I think at this point very clearly I've probably said it many times, but Jason, when we were in California, he was in a Christian punk band. Okay, If you know anything about the punk genre, the real punk genre, or what they call gutter punk, was a lot of hate and anger, and you, you got that out of the music. You got it out of the lyrics. And then all of a sudden you have this weird thing called Christian punk. <laughs> it's kind of like an oxymoron. You're like, these do these, yeah, they fit. The interesting thing is, We'd go to a lot, you know, us old folks would go to a lot of their concerts. We'd, I was like their roadie for them and carrying their equipment and all that kind of stuff. But I met one guy. Uh, one band was called Officer Negative. And uh, I met one of their guitarists. And when I saw him the first time, I was like, wow. That was the most amazing one-foot color blade. I mean, it was just amazing. I was like, Whoa. I'm thinking, how do you, how much do you, wow. So I got to talk to him and I ended up, his stage name was Zippy Josh. Well, I ended up learning very clearly why Josh was Zippy Josh because he came out of gutter punk, was saved. And his testimony was absolutely amazing of how much God, Loved him and cared for him and grew him and took him in as family. I was talking to my brother here. And then the most amazing thing is, quite a few years later, when Officer Negative was kind of ending the band, they were having a kind of a final concert. And I saw this guy and I go, Man, he looks familiar. Eh, guess who it was? Nice executive haircut, very nice. It was Josh. I was like, you know what? If I would have looked at him on the outside and judged him on the outside with that beautiful, amazing, multicolored blade, I would have missed an amazing opportunity to get to know a brother, to hear of the grace and mercy of God as he saved him and restored him and brought him into the family. I would have missed out on a brother. Again, we've got to learn not to look on the outside, but we've got to get to our family member. Maybe the outside looks bad because it's hurting. Well, what's our responsibility as as family? To care for them. Talk much more next week about that. Ephesians 2.19, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. That's all of us. We're family. We're not aliens. We might be strangers because we haven't gotten to get to know each other. We've stayed in our pews. We've stayed in our little private little... That's our fault, and that's our mistake. We can't do that. We're family. I had this one quote that I read. It says... You are cleansed by the same blood, regenerated by the same spirit. You are a citizen of the same city, a slave of the same master, a reader of the same scripture, a worshiper of the same God. The same presence dwells silently in you as them. Therefore, you are committed to them and they to you. They are your brothers, sisters, your fathers, your mothers, and children of God. Whether you like or dislike them, you belong to them. You have responsibilities towards them that must be discharged in love. As long as you live on this earth, you are in their debt. Whether they have done much or little for you, Christ has done all. He demands that your indebtedness to him transformed to your new family. So we're indebted to one another. Again, much more to be said about that. I don't want to read it, but on your own time, just read 1 John 4, 1, on how intense it is. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. He never redeemed us and placed us on individual islands though we act like that. We're family. We should have a natural inclination that the minute we hear a need for somebody we start moving. We may not be able to meet that need that's what scripture says if we we may not be able to meet it but what can we do? Go find someone who can or get together, if someone says they need $100 to be able to pay this and you don't have 100 bucks, but maybe you've got 10 bucks, how many more people do you need to get that have 10 bucks? So you get 10 family members together and you get it together and you meet the need. Could you meet it individually? No. But can you meet it together as a family? Yes. So do we think that way? Or do we come up to the point and we say, this person has a need, I can't meet it, okay, I'm done here. The scripture doesn't say that. Why do we like Andrew so much in the scriptures when we watch him? I like him a lot in the fact that he was always the guys that he brought everybody to Jesus, right? He found a way to get them to Jesus. Do we find a way to help people and bring them to Jesus? I don't know. We have to examine. You can see what happens when we don't grasp the reality of our new family. We will not see God as our only true father. And how well do you obey him? How well do you worship him? We will not take seriously our relationship to each other as brothers and sisters if we don't take our relationship with the father seriously too. We're members of one family. Who is your father? That's the question. Is it the creator God? Or Satan the deceiver? Who do you answer to? Who do you serve? It's a hard point, and I'll tell you, Next week as we go through and break down what it means to have unity in the body of Christ or unity in the church. I'm not sitting here saying, I got this down and y'all are all messed up and need to get fixed, right? No. I struggle at the same time. Do I reach out to people? No, that's not really the nature. I'm kind of a stuck in kind of dude. And i got to push myself out to, be, to reach out to others. It's not easy. It's not a natural thing. And I go to God a lot going, help me. So I struggle. I know there's much more that I need to do to be one with the family. It's hard. We lack our little comfort zone, don't we? How many places have you gone that you're comfort? We've got a lot of them. We stay in those things. We we hide out in our little, you know, perfect cluster. We just and we can't do that. Because we're family. Now I don't have all the answers. Don't look at me and go, well, where's this list that you can give me that we can work? I I I I don't know. It's kind of form fit to each individual, but I will, all I could say is starting today and forever on out. Go to God and ask Him, help me to be one who reach out to those in the family and be open enough to allow those who are reaching out to me to be able to receive that in love. I think sometimes we don't allow people to minister to us. What if you have a need and someone says, I want to meet that need, and you go, no, because your pride's puffed up. Well, stuff the pride. Let them be a blessing from God to you. Let them... Carry out the ministry from God to you, and be part of that. I've seen it where I've rejected people who've done that, and I've, thats an offense. So we've got a lot of work to do. But all I can say is the foundation, the first part is you and I are family. We're brothers and sisters. We don't have ranking, okay? You might be an older sister, an older brother. That's that's cool, but we're still what? What's the core? We're family. And who's our father? Let's honor him by ministering and loving one another and caring for one another. Yeah, if you really want to understand what loving one another is, just look at, I mean, 1 John's, John was pretty clear, wasn't he? For those who love not, know not God, for God is love. Uh, So if you don't love somebody, what's that kind of looking like? You don't love God, so what someone should consider then? Maybe they need to share the gospel with you. Maybe you don't know them. It's hard. It's, this is a rough... I was looking at this going... You know, there are sometimes they're like sermons you just kind of don't want to tell people or give to people because you're looking in the mirror. This is one of those, okay? Even next week. We need to work in the unity. I'll give you a quick hint. We're back in Mississippi. We're driving with my brother in law and sister in law. We're going along and we're just talking about the churches. There's this one road we're on. There's this church here and a church here and a church here and a church here. It was ridiculous. I mean, how many Baptist churches do you need in a road? You know, within a block, two, you know, whatever. Interesting thing. This church next to this church was a split from this church and this church next to this church was a split from this church and this church from this church was a split from this church. Why? Someone didn't get their way. Someone had an attitude and didn't live like family with one another. So now in a very short span of a roadway, you've got church, 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 church and people in each one of these churches having animosity and hatred against one another because they're not unified. There should be one building, one church, not four. I hurt. That's not family. That's not unity. That's not proclaiming the love of God. That's insulting God, and that's destroying a testimony. We're told if we have an issue with somebody else, you do what? You go to them. How? humbly that's hard because you want them to deal with their own whoa 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 remember that, that issue the story the speck and the log always check yourself got your log you're working on a speck with somebody else but you got this beam hanging out of your head you're going to obliterate your friend your brother your sister We have got a responsibility because why We're adopted. We're family. So all I can say is we need to start thinking through of what it means to really be members, fellow believers at Lakeside. Yeah, we call this the church, but think about we're part of what church? The universal church, the church of our believers. I was just thinking of our, our brother's in nigeria guess who they get to fellowship with our fellow brothers and sisters there i'm envious of that i loved it when they had the video and the pastor there was thanking us as family as brothers and sisters in christ for being caring and helping them that that felt deep because that's family you know, And going through this, when Tim Tebow announced his engagement, you know what my brain thought? Wow, that's going to be an amazing blessing for my brother to have. And what a blessing for her to have such a godly man like Tim, who stands strong. That is a brother in Christ that stands strong and stands firm for the gospel and the truth. We're family. I don't think we think that way, do we? Tim Tebow, big football dude, right? Baseball, football, you know, confusing. But what is he really to us? He's a brother. Do we pray for him? Yes. Do we pray for his marriage? Yes. Do we pray for Tim's testimony? Yes. Why? He's family. Let's pray. Father, we are always going to struggle about being family. We're going to have nitpicky little things that we deal with. We have issues. We (laughs) see it in our own families. Sometimes the bickering that goes on, and we always look back at it and go, that was stupid. But God, let's, let's through your eyes see how stupid our bickering is and how we should honor and love one another. It's hard. We have so much pride that's in the middle of us and everything else. And God, give us the strength to break down these barriers and help us to actually see you as our Father and ask you how we should treat one another. You've set a great example for us by sending your Son not only to die for us, but to Adopt us, break our hearts, make us moldable again to you, that we will look at each other not just as fellow pew sitters, but as family, and learn to minister and to treat one another better than we ever did before. Help us never to lose sight that we are family together, in the fight against a great enemy. And help us to be mindful that we can encourage one another, build up one another, and serve one another. But we thank you so much because you gave us the great example of love in Jesus Christ. Amen.